Well, good morning. Welcome to Edinburgh Church. It is so good to have you with us tuning in, hey, wherever you are this morning. Uh, my name is Joshua. I am one of the pastors uh, here at the church. Uh, I'm one of the only ones in the church, actually, but you know, hey, we're just so glad that you're tuning in and joining us this morning. Um, hey, it just means a lot to us that you're being intentional about trying to stay connected to this church. And the church just looks different right now. Uh, but we hope that you're finding encouragement through the things we're putting out there uh, live on, on Facebook and things like that. Uh, so we just want you to be encouraged. Please know we're praying for you. And uh, keep tuning in. Keep checking out what's going on around here. Hey, I just want to remind you to come back again next Sunday. Easter is not canceled. Just so you know, we are still going to celebrate the risen Christ next week. Pastor Brent's going to be back to bring the message. We're going to have great worship. And we are going to celebrate Easter. It'll look a little different this year, but uh, we still have something to, to get excited about. So we hope you'll tune in again next week. Hey, before I go any further, I just would ask, would you just join me in a quick word of prayer this morning? Uh, Heavenly Father, we just want to pause right where we're at, no matter where we're at. Uh, and God, we just want to invite you into our living rooms, into our homes, into our cars, wherever we're sitting today. We just invite you into our lives. And Father, we just want to pray that you would show up in a mighty way that your word, uh, the, 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 the passage we're going to read today, would impact our lives. And so that we can learn how to have a little more courage in the face of fear and uncertainty. And so, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Bible. We believe it's directly written for us today. And so, God, we just pray that you'd use it in a powerful way this morning. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, well, if you've been with us, we're in a series titled Overwhelmed, and we're talking about what we need in our lives when things feel, well, overwhelming, right? And obviously, we feel like this is really fitting amidst this, this crazy thing called the coronavirus. In week one, we talked about how we need a shepherd. We need someone that's going to guide us and lead us in these crazy, topsy-turvy days, right? We, we need guidance during this. Week two, Pastor Brent talked about we need prayer. And how important that is just to stay connected to the Heavenly Father. Uh, we've got to be in communion with Him, understanding what's going on. And uh, I think by praying and, and staying connected to Him, it does bring peace uh, in these overwhelming days. Well, today, I want to talk to you about courage. Because I think in these days, we need to have some courage. Um, Franklin D. Roosevelt, the 32nd President of the United States, he spoke these famous words. You've probably heard him before. He said this. He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Pretty wise words. And I remember uh, this came to mind, this illustration, when my son Noah was in grade school. He was just a little guy. And one day in his classroom, he found this Lego minifigure on the floor. And thinking nothing of it, he thought, oh, somebody lost that. And he picked it up and he put it in his pocket. And he brought it home and he was so excited to show me. And he wasn't really sure, you know, if like what he had done was wrong or not. And so we talked about that. And, and, and I kind of encouraged him, like, well, you know, bud, you, you found this on the floor of your classroom. There could be one of your classmates that's, that's looking for that. It's really sad that they're missing that. And I kind of spurred him on to say, you know, bud, you probably should take it back and, and turn it into the teacher so he can find out who it belongs to. And so he got super afraid. He got so scared because he thought, if I bring this back, I'm going to get accused of stealing it. And I, and I didn't really steal it. And I'm going to get in trouble. So we talked through that. 
And I said, you know, but I think really the right thing is to take it back. And so Noah had to kind of build up his courage and do the right thing and take that little Lego mini figure back. And he did it. And I learned a couple things that day. I think Noah learned a little bit deeper, right, what President Roosevelt meant when he said that assessing when something else is more important than being afraid. And when it came to dealing with my son, I learned that sometimes we need to be able to show people grace and forgiveness when maybe they're not fully aware that they crossed the line. And I know that was the case with Noah and the Lego figure. See, fear, what it can do is it can cause this paralysis. It can cause us really to not do anything. And that's not a good place to be. And that kind of sounds like our situation today, right? I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of people, this coronavirus, it's causing some fear and a little bit of paralysis in our lives. I have a colleague, he said it this way, and I thought, this is so good. He said, you know, there's this constant buzz. That's a good word, buzz of anxiety that's just always there, right? It's always there right under the surface. It's always on our minds because of this coronavirus. And if it's not on the front burner, right, it's always there kind of on the peripheral of our minds. There's this fear and anxiety there. And I know I feel it. I mean, I would imagine you sense it too. And it can create some paralysis and cause us to kind of freeze. And so I just want to unpackage that and talk about how do we overcome and deal and defeat with that fear that always seems to be there lately. You know, as I asked that question, I thought about so many people in the Bible who dealt with fear-filled situations and they demonstrated courage. I thought of Moses, right, who was asked to lead an entire nation, millions of people, into the, out of Egypt, into the wilderness. That's terrifying. I thought of people like Joseph, who were imprisoned for a crime that he didn't commit. I thought of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right, who took a stand for God and were thrown into a fiery furnace. That would create some anxiety for me. I don't know about you. I thought of a woman named Esther who literally put her hands, her put her life, excuse me, in the, in, in the hands of a king and pleaded for uh, her people to be spared. I thought of Peter and Paul who were imprisoned and beaten on a regular basis all because they preached Christ. And as I thought about each of these people, all these characters in the Bible, my mind kept coming back again and again to the historical account of David facing this guy, this giant named Goliath. And as I read the story again and again, I just kept seeing things that we could learn from David in the midst of our current circumstances. You see, I see, how, I see from David how we can live out courage in the midst of these uncertain days. Now, before we dive into the text, I just want to set up what's taking place here before the, the, the battle happens. See, Israel and... Israel and the Philistines are at war. Now, back in the day, the way wars worked was on one side of a mountain slope, you'd have the army of Israel. And on the other side of another mountain slope, you'd have the Philistine army. And between the two armies, you'd have this valley, almost like this huge ancient fighting pit. It really was. And each army would send out its best warrior so, so obviously the Philistines picked Goliath, right? You've heard of Goliath. He's big, he's strong, he's nasty. He's their undefeated champion. And then someone would have to go fight Goliath. Now in this fight pit, right, whoever lost the fight 
lost everything, okay? The losing army would have to surrender to the other army. And King Saul is like, well, somebody's got to go fight this guy. And, and of course, they're like, are you kidding me? Have you seen this guy? He's huge, right? You see, the Goliath that we seem to be facing today that I, I think is causing us to have worry and anxiety and fear, it's like this coronavirus. I, I think it's not just the virus itself. I think for some of us, that's scary, the thought of getting this virus. But I think for a lot of us, it's that fear of the unknown. Can you relate to that? It's this, what is this going to look like in two weeks, two months, you know, by 2021? We don't know how long this is going to last. And so there's that fear of uncertainty. It's almost like Goliath, he has an unknown face. You know what I mean? And, and, and we don't know how bad is this going to get? And I think that can be what's creating this fear and anxiety for us. So we come back to Goliath. Goliath comes down into the pit and he's taunting the nation of Israel. Every day he's taunting them. Do you know what he's doing by taunting them? He's amplifying their fear. And that fear is growing in the, in the, in the Israeli camp there. Does that sound like today, right? This fear, it's just going to keep growing. That anxiety is going to keep growing the longer this goes. So let's bring David into the picture. David's father, Jesse, okay, he, he, he calls David, says, David, I want you to pack up a lunch. And I want you to take the lunch to your brothers on the battle lines because I, I want to know how they're doing. So David gets on his camel. He puts in his earbuds, right? He's got some sweet Israeli tunes going for the ride. He's got his brother's lunches packed up in his official collector's edition Moses lunchbox, okay? And he makes his trip to the battlefield. And when David gets there, he sees what's going on. He sees the men of Israel, they're afraid. And he sees this giant Philistine taunting Israel and their God. And David is going to show us how to be courageous in the face of overwhelming fear. You see, the first thing that I learn when I look at David, the very first thing I pick up on is that David loves God's glory more than the fear. He loves God's glory more than the fear. Look at what it says in, in uh, verse 26 of chapter 17. It says, David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to what? To defy the armies of the living God. Who is this defying the glory of God is what he's saying. Man, we need to love God's glory more than our fear like David did. Well, what could be more important than fear right now at this time in history? I'm telling you, the glory of God is more important. How can we display and pursue and fight for the glory of God right now? I think that's a great question. And I would say, hey, man, we can do that by being the voice of truth in these days, right? We can be hands of love and compassion during these days that are difficult for some people. I think if we do this, what we do is we point people to our God. And God will use that as an opportunity for people to see what? His glory. It, it, it's going to show people just how amazing he really is. It's going to show people how bright God can be in the middle of dark days. Remember what Franklin Roosevelt said? He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is what? More important than fear. I think we can learn from David, God's glory is more important than our fears. 
displaying compassion, kindness, and care for our neighbors, being light in tough days is more important than freezing in our fear. Displaying the glory of God, his character, his love, it's more important. And it's one way that we can display and live out courage. I believe that. I've been so encouraged how Minnesotans and Edinburghers in particular, and you've really stepped up and you haven't let the fear you run your life and you've, you've stepped up to say, hey, what can I do to help? That's so cool. And, and, and why are they doing this? Because in the fear, in the face of fear and anxiety, that they're recognizing that, hey, that some things are more important than fear. So people have stepped up to say, what can I do to help? I uh, got this humorous <clears throat> picture from someone in our church, the friend of mine, said, you really want to impress your neighbors? You really want to make a difference? Make this little centerpiece and deliver it to all your neighbors. And all it is is a simple roll of toilet paper with a Corona beer in the middle. I'm telling you, you deliver that to your neighbors and they're gonna, you'll be the most popular guy on the block. I thought that's pretty funny. I'd recommend maybe you putting a Corona that's actually filled though, you know, as opposed to, anyways. Okay, joking aside, uh, I actually was really inspired and, and they gave me permission to share this. Uh, inspired by a family that asked this question. They saw this as an opportunity to reach out to their neighbors, to, to be God's hands, feet to their neighbors. And uh, they, the family sat down and they wrote a letter. And, and afterwards, they, sent, they, sent, they went door to door and they stuck this letter in everybody's uh, house on their block. And I want to read this for you because this can just use this as an inspiration to say, here's an example of how you can make a difference. Here's what they said. They said, to my friends and neighbors, our family would like to help our neighborhood during a time that is pr providing uncertainty and for some of us, a very difficult and scary situation. The coronavirus is and will continue to have an impact on our community in the coming weeks. We'd like to offer our support. We cannot guarantee that everything, or, or excuse me, we'd like to offer our support. If you are someone who is at high risk or feel a need for assistance, we can. Go grocery shopping for you. However, we can't guarantee everything will be in stock. We can run errands for you. We also want to encourage those of you who are not being negatively impacted to consider helping. You can, hey, check in with neighbors you know that might be isolated or at high risk of contracting the virus. You can donate blood. You can donate food or money to the local food shelf like SEEP. You can text me and let me know that you're willing to help with grocery shopping. You can contact the chief of police who's heading up efforts as well. Also, he said in their letter, also, if there's anything that we can pray for you in the days ahead, we would be honored to lift you up in prayer. Here's our number. You can text us or call us. He said, he closed their letter by saying, we don't know many of you, but we don't believe that should keep us from reaching out and serving our community. Whether this has had a significant impact to you or just a small impact, hey, we're in this together. Love your neighbors, and then they sign their names. What a cool example of, of, of reaching out and saying, what can we do to display the glory of God to make an impact? That's such a cool idea. I love that idea. The second thing that I learned from David, first, love God's glory more than our fear. Secondly, don't listen to the fearful. Don't listen to the fearful. Here's what he said in verse 28. Here's what happens in verse 28. When David's brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of? 
I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Okay, hold on. Let's just back the truck up here. You have a teenage boy, teenage David. He shows up at the scene ready to, def- to fight, ready to defend God's glory, to defend Israel's honor. And his older brother, who should have been out there fighting, is mad at him. Here's my translation of this verse. Oh, man, what's, what is David doing here? He's going to embarrass me, right? He's going to do something that I know I should be doing, but I'm too afraid to do it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull him down with me. He says, David, why aren't you taking care of those sheep? And I could just imagine David being like, the sheep? There's a guy who could skewer an elephant and cook it over a fire pit, and you're worried about the sheep, right? But that's what the fearful do. Out of fear, people can attack you when you do the things that they only wish they had the courage to do. Who knows? And I might be speaking to you today. Who knows? Maybe there's something that you felt a tug to do during this pandemic, but you haven't done it because someone told you that you shouldn't. Okay, now I understand we still need to be wise and make wise decisions regarding this virus. But if others are trying to deter you from doing something good, something that could even make an impact, you need to ignore those people. You know, step up and do what God is prompting you to do. We need to not listen to the fearful. I remember my senior year in high school taking a public speaking class. And at the class, the teacher said, you're all going to present a speech about someone that you consider to be a hero. I was brand new in my faith at that point. I had just made a decision to follow Christ. And I chose to speak about Jesus. And I can't even tell you how many people thought I was nuts. They're like, are you crazy? You are going to lose so many friends. You are going to be laughed at. You're going to be labeled a bigot. People are going to laugh you out of the classroom. Even my teacher kind of deterred me. But I did it anyways. And I'm glad I did. And I'm going to be honest, some opposition came. But as bad as it was, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. In fact, some people actually said they respected me more for having the courage to talk about Jesus at a public school. The bottom line was I was prompted to do it, and so I did it. And even though, you know, the fearful tried to persuade me otherwise, I I still did it. Friends, if God's prompting you to do something during this pandemic, don't ignore it. Don't listen to the fearful, especially now during this pandemic, if God's perhaps calling you to do something. So what we can learn from David, love God's glory more than our fear. Love God's glory more than our fear. Don't listen to the fearful. And third, man, (laughs) just be you. I know that sounds kind of silly. Just be you. And here's what I picked this up, where I picked this up in verse 38. Here's what it says. Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. And do you see what's going on here? Saul is a king, okay? And Saul has been in battle. He says, hey, David, here's my stuff. Why don't you try it on? In other words, he's saying, hey, 
It worked for me. It will work for you. In other words, David, be like me. Can I just encourage you? Do the world a favor and just be you. Because everybody else is already taken. You know, the world needs you or God wouldn't have put you right where you are. God wouldn't have made you. In the middle of this pandemic, guess what? Perhaps the world needs you because God puts you here for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. I really don't. But maybe we should figure that out. Hey, you know what? If you're a mom, be a mom. If you're a dad, be a father to your children. If you're a son, be a good son. If you're a daughter, be a sweet daughter. If you're in the workforce as an essential job right now, do your best at it. Just be you. Don't try to be somebody else. Learn that from David. In high school, I remember wanting to be the Brazilian soccer star Pele. So bad. I wanted to be just like Pele. See, Pele was famous for his incredible soccer skills on the pitch. He was particularly famous for inventing what's called the bicycle kick. Okay, it's basically an inverted upside down kick in the air. It looks super cool. Uh, I have a picture there. Well, my friends and I would, would spend hours after soccer practice tossing the soccer ball to one another in the air and trying to perfect and imitate the Pele bicycle kick. Okay. And our coach at the time, he was such a good guy. He, he genuinely cared about us. He loved soccer. He loved us as guys. He wanted to pour into us. And I remember, I remember very distinctly his state after practice one day, you know, because we all stayed after trying to do this. And he stood there watching us try again and again and again, trying to perfect this bicycle kick when really we would just flop on the ground and look ridiculous. And he would laugh with us, but mostly I think he was really laughing at us. And after watching us do this for almost an hour, okay, he said something that's always stuck with me all these years. And he wasn't mean when he said it. He, I remember he smiled and he said, you know, boys, he kind of gathered us. He said, you know, boys, he said, you're never going to be Pele because there's only one Pele. And he said, just be you. And I remember he smiled and he winked at us, and then he left. I remember that. But I still remember him just looking, almost like he was looking into our hearts and saying, just be, just be you. If I could take this deeper for just a minute and, and try to connect some spiritual dots here. If I know Satan, okay, and how he works, how the enemy works, he's going to take advantage of this time in history. This, the fact that there's that, that fear, that anxiety, that it's there. He's going to take advantage of that. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to attack your identity. I just know it. I, I, I've had conversations. He's going to attack who you are, okay? Maybe right now you're sensing those attacks, okay? Maybe, maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've been furloughed. I don't know. Maybe you're going through a hard thing right now in the midst of this coronavirus and the enemy is, is, is whispering to you, you're, you're worthless, you're, you're, you're no good. Maybe he's whispering to you, you're a coward. Keep living in your fear. You can't make a difference. Whatever he's whispering to you, I just know now's the time when he was going to want to sow that as much as possible. He loves chaos. But if I could just look at you and say, just be you and know what the Savior says to us. That's what the enemy does. Just like Goliath did, right? What did Goliath do? He taunted the Israelites, he threw taunts at us. That's what the enemy's going to want to do. Friends, just be you. 
when the enemy attacks us with his taunts, with his lies, I think what's going to give us courage is to be reminded of our identity in Jesus Christ. Man, let that give you courage to hear from your creator that you are loved, that you have a purpose, that you are cherished. You are actually his child. Do you know what he actually says about you? You're his work of art. He looks at you and says, you're my masterpiece. I love you. God says, I made you just the way you are, and I have a plan, and you're amazing. Just be you. The last thing I learned from David, facing off against fear, is trust the creator. Trust the creator. Look at what he says in verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. Now notice all those things that he just rattled off, right? Sword, spear, javelin. Those are created things. Did you catch that? It says, you coming at me with created things, but I'm going to come at you in what? In the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. What it means to come in the name, it means to come in the character of. It means to come in the power of. See, Goliath comes at David with created things. David comes to face this giant with an uncreated creator. Can I say that again? David faces his fear with an uncreated creator. Hey, we live in America, okay? And let's be honest, we got a lot of stuff, don't we? And when we face a fear, many of us don't come at that fear in the name of the creator. We come at it in the name of our checking account. We come at it in the name of our job. We come at it in the name of our abilities. We come at it in the name of our toilet paper reserves. Okay, maybe not that one. We come at it in the name of our whatever. And God is waiting for us to trust him more than our stuff. Maybe this pandemic is a call. You know, maybe it's even a challenge for us to trust him more than created things. Friends, you can't rely on these things when things get tough. You you just can't. What do you think the stock market's doing right now? (laughs) Can't rely on it. David shows us where we should put our hope and our trust in these fear-filled days. We should put it in the living God. Verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Can I just encourage you, man? Run at that fear. Quickly attack it. Attack the fear. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and it hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over. He pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. How about that for a bedtime story to tell your kids tonight? It says David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Isn't that great? (laughs) God wants to remind us that the only heavy artillery, right, that that David really had was the creator. That's it. 
you want to bring out the heavy artillery to face the fear and anxiety in our world right now, then you know what? Let's attack our fear by trusting the creator. He's still in control. So friends, let's start this week. Let's start this week, if you haven't already, by pursuing God's glory more than dwelling on the fear. Let's make a difference, whatever you're called to do. Hey, let's ignore the fearful. They're going to tell us that we can't make a difference, right? You should just think about yourself, stay shelled up, stay locked up, right? Let's ignore those people. Let's push back the lies and the fear that Satan wants to amplify. He wants to attack you. He wants to attack your identity. He wants to make you feel worthless and afraid in these days. Let's push back that by reminding Satan of God's truth, that we're loved, that we're cherished. We belong to the king. And friend, man, let's bring out the heavy artillery. Let's do it. Let's trust the creator and attack that fear in the name of the living God. I want to close this part of the morning by inviting you. If you've never placed your hope in that living God, to consider doing so. I can't promise you that life's going to get easier. I can't promise that. But I can promise that God will give you a deeper peace about knowing that, guess what, you're in his care. And that the enemy, he's never really going to be able to touch you. So if you're watching and, and you'd like to just place your faith and place your trust in Jesus Christ, man, I just I invite you to do so with me. And I, I just invite everyone that's still watching to, to pray this with me. Lord, I will admit that there are things in this life that I am afraid of. I don't like it when things seem out of control. <laughs> I understand that really the only thing that is stable in this life is you. So today... I'm going to choose to put my trust in you, not my stuff. Come into my life and change me, transform me, make me a new, courageous person who loves your glory more than any fear that might come my way. Today, I trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.